It's not playing with Lex and Dan. He's Lex. And he's Dan. And together, we are Lex and Dan. And this is the podcast where we watch movies that one or both of us have not seen. Popular movies, I should say. Movies you would look at a movie and say, like, how have you never seen that? Yeah. And this is season eight. Do you believe we're doing this for eight seasons now, Lex? That's kind of unbelievable to me. I went back and looked at our archives. We took a break of like two to three years in between, I think, seasons two and three. But since then, we've been rolling along. So yeah, this is one of my longest running podcasts. Very exciting. And I'm also very excited to be seeing a movie that I have not seen. So Lex... uh, Oh, Dan. I've seen it. What are we watching tonight? Tonight, we are watching a movie perhaps best known as the prequel to Teen Wolf 2. (laughs) (laughs) Back in action? No. Electric Boogaloo? We are watching Uh, Teen Wolf. And Dan, I have seen this movie many times more times than it probably deserves so i'm curious what do you know about it i have of course heard of teen wolf and i am familiar with the fact that it stars michael j fox it does and he is a high school student some might call them a teen who becomes a werewolf i'm not sure through what means or discovers that he's a werewolf i don't really know and i think literally the only other thing i know about is that he plays basketball and that when he i mean obviously michael j fox not a person known for his uh, stature, as it were. So right. presumably not someone who would be great on a basketball team, but one suspects that his wolf-like abilities give him an edge. And you know wolves are known for being good at basketball. Yeah, that's the number one thing you know about them. So my understanding is that, that basically then this is Rudy, but with werewolves. Is that not right? Rudy with werewolves is a not unreasonable analysis. Okay. Do you know that part of the origin story for Michael J. Fox eventually starring in Back to the Future, when it was still Eric Stoltz, he saw them filming Back to the Future while he, Michael J. Fox, was filming Teen Wolf. Oh. He's like, man, I wish I was working on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. I thought you were going to say it was part of the origin story of Michael J. Fox. And I was like, this is fascinating. I need to know more. What is the origin story of Michael J. Fox? He was a fox, but then he became a wolf, Lex. They really missed a step there. I do really like this movie. I I don't recall... Well, I do really like this movie, certainly in a nostalgia way. I'm not going to tell you ahead of time that it is a great movie. I don't recall uh, how well it's going to hold up with 2022 vision. This movie was also... They rebooted it as a TV show, I want to say. Like, that was a little more... Yes, I think it's on MTV, and it's like darker. Yeah, it was a little more angsty and stuff, yeah. Anyway, there you go. I heard that. There is a sequel that uh, stars Jason Bateman, and the sequel is basically the exact same movie, <laughs> but boxing. <laughs> so <laughs> there, I feel like, well, maybe this is the best left for the, the back half of the show, but I do feel like there was definitely an era in the 80s and 90s about, you know, sports movies. I think mm-hmm. of Teen Wolf, but it also, <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking of Air Bud. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That one I've not seen. Basically the same movie, my understanding is, except in that one, it's just an actual dog. I think in that one, the, the logic hinges around there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball, which is truly a great moment. The scientists just never thought to think about whether they should. That's indeed. That's correct. Anyways, I'm looking forward to this. It is a movie that I feel oh, that good. I should have seen for my education. And I like Michael J. Fox a lot. I mean, he's a 
He he always struck me as a uh, a mensch, if you will. And I would say if this movie is good, it's because of Michael J. Fox. So I just I'm gonna put that. There are some other characters who I know I appreciate their performances. Not actors whose names I could give you, but there's people whose performances I think are great. But the the movie rests on the the uh hairy shoulders shoulders yeah. <laughs> there you go the hairy shoulders of michael j fox and dan you and i are going to actually watch this using uh, amazon prime but the movie is available to rent and purchase all over the place is there a chance that people can watch along with us he asks knowingly <laughs> we're watching together and it would be cool if other people could jump in and watch this directly with us but they will have to watch with our commentary that we are recording now but and his is crucial only if they become members of the incomparable. Whoa. In order to do that, you got to go over to the incomparable.com slash members. You got to sign up for one of the membership plans starting at just five bucks a month. And you can not only get access to our fantastic commentary tracks for literally every movie that Lex and I have watched together. And again, I'll remind you, this podcast started nine years ago. <laughs> so we've watched a lot of movies. A lot of movies. A lot of movies. So you can get all the commentary tracks for those. But besides that, you can also get a ton of extra features. You get bootleg episodes. They're like basically the raw files, like right after we finish recording, before they're even edited. You get special members-only episodes like our commentaries, but all sorts of other topics. You get access to the incomparable Slack, where you get to hang out with other members as well as panelists on the programs. You even get some swag. I'm still not in that Slack, but maybe one day. <laughs> maybe well, one you day. should support the incomparable Lex, and then you'd get to be in there. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to rush into anything. Take your time. Think about it. Okay. But as for I'll the rest of you out there, go sign up, theincomparable.com slash members. Well, Dan, I have some wonderfully exciting news for you. Oh, tell me. It's that the Beavers won the big game. Oh, congratulations. You have now seen Teen Wolf. I have seen Teen Wolf. It's true. I will say this. I don't know what to expect because I could see as we were watching it that I definitely had a nostalgia affection for it. We talked about a couple of moments that we'll get into that don't really hold up, but I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. What did you think as a first timer, as a newcomer? It is... I I, I liked it. I think it was okay. It didn't blow me away. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, it didn't it didn't blow me away because it was like not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt like maybe it, it it sort of committed to the story it was telling, but at the same time, yes. didn't necessarily commit to having really a larger premise. Like I commented to you at one point, like, oh man, this feels like it could actually be a really good metaphor about like tolerance, but it definitely is not. <laughs> Like though, if anything, it's like about puberty. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I mean, in that sense, I think it does harken back. Like I, it made me think a bit of that recent, uh, the recent Pixar movie, Turning Red. Yes, which is uh, kind of has a similar premise to this, but then leans a little bit yeah, more into true. sort of the fantastic angle, right. right? Whereas this did not, right? Like this was not super concerned with. Right, this is based in reality. Yeah, well, this is basically a docudrama. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's very much. You know, we don't go into the, the, the mythology of it, right? No one cares how we became a wolf other than it's like genetics, right. but like we don't really understand what that's about. It doesn't Sometimes matter. Sometimes it skips a generation. Yep. It's not as though it is a, you know, timeless story of werewolves fighting vampires or something like that. <laughs> you know, the classics. But I mean, you know, it is also at the same time, it is a very typical 1980s comedy, right? Like that is the thing I took away from this the most. Is that the, the wolf stuff is trapping on the 1980s comedy 
uh, ideas. I think we we kind of checked off a lot of the boxes on the 1980 comedies as we went through it, right? Like, yep. there's the you know underage people buying beer. There's you know parties, the scenes. big raucous party. Yeah, yep. exactly. The dance, right? The, right? the the strict vice principle, all of that. So in some ways, the like, sort of unnecessary nude scene. And I say sort of because it's not actually a nude scene, but. It hints at being one. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I was slightly uncomfortable by a lot of the stuff that felt like, I don't know, maybe this is just me showing my age, but like all the things they were doing that were so unsafe just made me much more nervous and anxious than it did probably if, if I had watched this when I was in my teenage years. That's sweet. Like, I, I don't know if you like caught the this being in the on credits, top of the cars. <laughs> I, I want to go back to that, but the production company that they spun up to make this movie was called Wolf Kill Productions. Oh, jeez. I just want to put that out there. That seems like a bad But choice. no, you're, I, I agree with you. Like, that party was awful, right? Because there's, it's not just underage drinking, but there's like smoking and there was pot. And like, I mean, I don't know. We are old men, but like, I do. I'm like, come on, kids. This is dangerous. But you're right. The, the thing on top of the car that they both do. Oh, my God. It's so is, nervous. Is stupid dangerous. Yeah. It's like any mistake and you're dead. Yes. <laughs> it's not exactly. like, oh, it's bad. It's like, it's, it's the uh, Penn and Teller <laughs> talk about their rule of no permanent damage they'll do stuff that's risky as long as the risk is no permanent damage right this was all permanent damage if you screw that up i agree with you i didn't like it as a kid and i don't like it now i'm glad that it, it, they didn't have him do the scene where he's like put the squirt gun in your pocket and go try to rob the liquor store because that made me exceptionally uneasy <laughs> yeah <laughs> mainly just because i mean not that the culture wasn't bad at the time but you know heightened culture about that now and it feels very nerve-wracking yeah i don't feel like they ever explain what happened to his mom just nope. that she's not there. Nope. Anymore. I mean, were they setting that up for the sequel? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't know. Maybe as a bonus, bonus episode one day, we should watch Teen Wolf 2 just because it is like Chubby is in it. <laughs> the, the inappropriately named Chubby. But it's boxing. It's college. It's Jason Bateman. And dad is his uncle. And that's it. It's the same movie. That's very I don't weird think he's going to in a play, but it's the same. Yeah, but as we were watching it together, and I was seeing it through a new person's... You know, like when somebody... You think your house is clean, and then the doorbell rings, and you're like, <laughs> oh, now no. suddenly yes, you can see what's exactly. going to play through the other person's eyes? So I was seeing the movie through your eyes as well. And like, it's... it's Obviously, there, there was one scene where they really just used like totally inappropriate language, but of its era, I guess. But overall, it didn't strike me as dated in like, oh, they this doesn't hold up in modern social conventions, as much as it's just like... It's one of those things where it was the, of the era that defined these tropes. So there's almost nothing unexpected. Like maybe the one surprise in the movie is that his dad is also a werewolf. Right. But everything yes. else is exactly the beat you expect. Yeah, exactly. There's no, I mean, like you said, there's no, right, there's no origin story or anything either, right? Like he's just, he starts right. turning into a wolf and then it turns out it's genetic, which is fine. I have no problems with that. Like it is a, it's a funny moment and it gives him a good relationship with the dad. Like, it gives them rather than having to spend a lot of time this movie does not spend a lot of time on people questioning the provenance of the werewolf right like like you said in the scene where they're you know when he turns into the wolf in the basketball game and they're all like huh that's weird right that's weird okay yes but let's keep playing basketball right like this is not a movie that is really overly concerned with how people are going to react so in that sense i think you i agree with you that like it's more of the metaphor about puberty i will say michael j fox i think michael j fox is pretty much always good he can't always save a bad movie but like he's always enjoyable i think even in bad movies i would agree so uh, he does hate this movie and i was telling you i think even on on record as we were recording before the movie he had some quote about like steven spielberg shooting down the block and i'm doing this he doesn't watch this movie mm, he refused mm. to participate in the sequel like he hates it and that, that was also interviews from probably 20 years ago so maybe now he's got a, a different feeling on it. it is not 
great by any stretch. But I don't know. I think it is legitimately funny. And like you and I talked about, and I alluded to before the movie started, there are so many what I think are great performances. Mm. Specifically, his dad, I think is great. I I think his dad is good. Um, Yep. The coach the of coach the team is, good. is my yep. favorite character in the movie, and you really appreciate it. Oh, no, you appreciate that. And then also, uh, Styles is a great character, and that actor who's now 65 years old. I so looked him up. He still gets recognized most as Styles. I, I looked him up because I was curious what else he had done, and it looks like he's mainly become a, a director, but that he does appear, he's appeared in some stuff like he was in Will and Grace, apparently. Yes. Anyways, I do enjoy that. Yeah, I agree with you. There's. It has that element of everybody is just kind of game to be here. Like, everybody is here to work, right? And they're like, they're putting their best performance in. Even if it's a terrible movie, like, everybody's there to do the job that they were asked to do. And I think that's, that's you know, you could do a lot worse. There's a lot of movies where people just sort of phone it in, right? And I feel like in this one, at least everybody's kind of like, all right. This is a weird premise, and it seems kind of ridiculous, but yeah, well, 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 yeah, let's just do it, you know? I remember it as a kid and now, just not, not, and I, you were referencing this earlier too, but not really accepting, he's a wolf in the middle of a basketball game, and everybody's like, okay, like, it's, it's very much a shrug, and let's keep going, which I guess is the way most superhero movies tend to handle these things, like, oh, it's a man who's also a spider, like, okay, <laughs> but it has, has the power of a spider, like, he's not, he's not actually a spider. I've seen many of the movies. I'm pretty sure he's a spider, but the the uh, but they're just all very accepting. Which I guess, to your point, speaks to tolerance. But I also then as because I'm really remembering the experience of this movie as a kid and watching it now as 41 years old. The when he gets in trouble at the prom or the dance, whatever it is, I'm it really upsets me because it's not fair. He didn't do anything wrong at the prom. The guy comes up and punches him in the face, but he didn't do anything at that time. It's like, it's, it's wrong. And then the, the vice principal was like, I'm kicking you out. You can't be on the basketball team anymore. And I, I so appreciate that dad is there and ready to defend his son and make the guy peace. Why pants. is he there, though? Because he knows. This he knows is the this night, is the that night everything's going to happen. Yeah, I like that they don't, again, so much stuff that they don't really explain. Like, oh, there's a full moon, and he turns to a werewolf. But also, he can just turn to a werewolf whenever he wants. Right. Uh, initially, he can't control it, and then he can control it. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right that there is a certain degree. I, I, people talk a lot about today movies being formulaic, and I can definitely see where they're coming from. And sure, there's plenty of sequels and action movies, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I feel like the 80s in some ways was the truest distillation of like the comedy down to a paint by the numbers. Like you said, every beat in this movie is something you can see coming. And I feel like it's because you it's can every... believe that it's like on page numbers. They're like, okay, page 30 is when he has to discover that he's the wolf. And right. on page oh, yeah. 60, percent. he decides not to be the wolf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like, oh, you know, which girl is he going to choose? Right. And it's like, well, we knew it's a foregone conclusion. This movie makes no sense. If he ends up with the blonde, <laughs> it just feels uncomfortable. Right. You're like, oh, well then he's kind of a dick, isn't he? <laughs> and so like, it's all those things, but I think, you know, and that's true of a lot of movies of this era is certainly that there is a very high formulaic sort of content to them. And that's not bad. They kind of distilled it down to an art. Like I was saying, all right, this is, this is how we do it. This is how we knock it out. One, two, three. So I can see why maybe Michael J. Fox was not as enamored of that idea, but it also seems like, you know, I don't know. Was this a success when it came out? I certainly knew of it. It's certainly a well-known movie. It was a huge success okay. because the goal was to make a movie on the cheap. And I believe 
they paid like one and a half million dollars wow. <laughs> to make the movie. One million dollars. And it made worldwide 80 million. Wow. That is a lot. That is, that's a good return on your investment there. I did also appreciate, I saw this as we were watching, <laughs> other movies directed by Rod Daniel, who directed this movie, include K-9, starring James Belushi. Oh, sure. Yep. Okay. Beethoven Second. <laughs> so this is a man <laughs> who likes dogs in his movies. He works with animals. As far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are, those were two of the movies that I saw on his, that were like the ones that uh, IMDb said you might know him from, and I don't know if the, I don't know if that is like self-fulfilling prophecy or what, <laughs> but it really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you have seen it. I feel like it wasn't even as a comedy. There weren't a lot of beats that I thought were take me by surprise, funny, make me laugh out loud. Like again, right. I appreciate the construction of it, and there are some good bits here and there, but I didn't feel like it was a movie that had me in stitches. <laughs> and yeah i don't know i mean i again you were I, howling with laughter <laughs> ah as you might say i was gonna say i do appreciate michael j fox like i said when he's he, he's good in almost everything and i appreciate his commitment because i'm sure being like made up it like that every day sucked <laughs> that's yes. got to be many hours in a makeup chair and apparently they filmed all the transition scenes at the end <laughs> okay which i think yep, is that smart. makes sense but i think that's just like the one or a handful of shots right where a handful of moments where you actually watch the change usually it's just he's not the wolf hey he's the wolf right exactly well i mean because why would you want to do that otherwise it's a yeah. it's really hard you got to do all the matching interestingly and sadly I, I would just note that the james hampton who played his dad actually died of parkinson's disease oh in man yeah that's a real bummer yeah, I thought I'd just bring things up for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It gets a it gets a moderate to mild thumbs up. I I don't. It wasn't a waste of your time. No, no. But I w- I definitely feel like I would have a hard time saying somebody sit down and watch Team Wolf with me. This is a classic, especially because there are things in there that are like not okay. No, there are things that are not okay. They there's they treat the <laughs> I hate even calling him chubby because that's so terrible that they called the character that i mean you know he ends up being redeeming but like they reduce him to a fat joke and that's just kind of awful it is awful but he's good in the movie no i think he's very good he deserves way better than the script gives him honestly like he Mm -hmm. he makes he makes a good a good the actor is mark holton yes i looked him up too yeah and he did, of course, he, one of two actors to reprise their roles in Teen Wolf 2. They also reprise other characters from Teen Wolf, but played by other actors. Both the coach and Styles are played by new people That's in weird. Teen Wolf 2. What a weird choice. <laughs> I think Crispin Glover plays both of them in the sequel. That's not true. That is not true. <laughs> I was going to say, well, a clear sign of a money grab. Anyway, yes. All right. Well, thumbs up. Oh, you know, you know who I often think of the, the actor who plays Chubby, Mark Holden. The other thing that I know him for is A League of Their Own. He is the grown-up oh. version of the kid who's like, "You're gonna win." You're uh. gonna. He's the grown-up version at the end, and that's the other thing that I always remember him from. That's so, cute. You know. I like that. Yeah, I I noticed the only guy I recognized as I was like looking through the credits at the end was the guy who played I think the English teacher. Gregory Itzen, because he showed up a bunch in uh, 24 and some other yeah. TV shows. I've I didn't seen. recognize him in this, but I know Gregory Itzen pretty well. I saw him. Yeah. When I saw him, like, I was like, oh, I know that guy. But he looked weird, right? Because he was younger and his hair's all combed and everything. But like, I like had the sense, like, I recognized that face. And then I saw the name. Your wolfy sense was tingling. <laughs> My wolfy sense was tingling. 
my IMDb sense. Well, Dan, I'm, I'm glad we got to watch Teen Wolf together. I can't wait to see our next T sci-fi movie together oh. in not that long a time. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it as well. We're halfway through our mini season. I know. Mm-hmm. And until next time, Dan, I would encourage you to uh, keep watching The Fox. It's, uh, it's wordplay because it's like wolves and foxes or animals and Michael J. No? Okay, keep say, watching keep, the... Keep, keep wolf in the stars. <laughs> Keep keep starring the fox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until next time, keep our. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Weissman. I feel like. A lot of Jews involved is what you're thinking. I get it. <laughs> and Levinson and, and Rosenfeld, Rosenfeld Church. Church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this a and Dan and I can say that? <laughs> is this a uh, like a like a metaphor for like mm-hmm. for like becoming a man? Is this like his bar mitzvah? I believe so. I believe this is today. So, uh, I am a wolf. Okay. Sure. <laughs>